Hello and welcome to episode 1175 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, May 15th. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good day to you. It is not morning. It is afternoon. No, you got it right, though. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, man. You know, solid week in the main. Going to talk about my team a little bit today. Try not to make everything about my team, but give some updates based on some of these players I picked up that we're going to go over and uh, see if we can make some moves, man. How about you? I know you had an even bigger week, so there's going to be a little bit of our team focus today, but uh, how was your weekend overall? Uh, I did something that I've never done before this weekend with Danielle, um, and it was so cool. Sex. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I mean, we smashed. We went to a smash room. Oh, and that's it, cool. How's that? I've never been, it, but that does It was so, cool. so fun. Um, like yeah, that it sounds was, dope. Yeah, I took her out. I took her out in the city. Totally surprised her. She didn't know what, was, what we were doing. Uh, she's been a little angsty recently, so she. I was like, you know what? Why don't we go destroy some shit? And, uh, and we did. Um, I messed up my back swinging a sledgehammer. That's um, what I'm afraid of. Exactly. Yeah, like exactly it, that. I was fine during and even after, and then the adrenaline's like, pumping. Yesterday, like I was having like back spasms, and I was like, "What the hell is going on? Why am I having back spasms?" Daniel's like, "Well, because you swung a sledgehammer for like 30 straight minutes." I was like, "Oh, right. that that okay, that makes sense." So but feel better today. Uh, I felt better after doing it. Like, yeah, it was it was so cool. Desired yeah. effect. That sounds really neat. I, I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, sometimes I want to do that after my pitchers start, and you needed it after the week your Oof. pitchers had, which is why you made some big moves that we're going to get into. Let's talk a couple uh roster moves real quick here and there could be some other things that happen after the show by the way like um if seager and altuve are activated as they might be just know that by, at the time of our recording neither has been in fact speaking of news this is why we're always refreshing anthony rendon to the 10-day il shocking huge shocking. surprise there i'm i'm certain of it uh we can start with that real quick with anthony rendon I, if I recall correctly, and I don't have him anywhere, it's like the first year in a decade that I gave up and just said, you know what, I'm going to go elsewhere with my uh, with my third base. He's been playing pretty well. Only one homer, but two steals, 301, 415, 369. So you can see that lack of power coming through in the paltry slugging rate. But the average and OBP for Rendon have been great. Are you holding the 33-year-old in shallower formats? It's a groin injury that puts him on the IL here. What do you think of Anthony Rendon as a 10 and 12 team hold? Uh, no, I am not. Uh, I mean, I on. I mean, if you listen to any of the pods earlier in the uh, in draft season, I was not in on Rendon mostly because I didn't even know what he was at this point of his career. Like, it's Did, just so hard to even yeah, have any clue. Yep. I mean, dude has just not been healthy and. We're really thinking at this point in his career that he's going to stay healthy, uh, and yeah, it doesn't sound like an overly serious issue, but no, but it's I, something. Yeah, and I'm sure he's one of those guys you could just pick up, back up off the waiver wire if and when he is healthy. So yeah. why hold him for in two weeks or maybe longer? Perhaps, uh, yeah, yeah, when you can, you know, pick up someone else, get production, and then if you want, go back to him. Uh, but. About fifteens though. No let's just say you're lucky right now. You have no other issues. Or say one. Say you got one stud. You got Seeger. He's on his way back. Or even somebody who's out a little bit longer. You got one hold. Fifteen team. Let's go the NFBC route real quick. Mm-hmm. There's no ILs. You're down to six reserves already. 
Would you hold Rendon or are you picking up somebody like, here's a couple examples on my roster, on my waiver wire, Edmundo Sosa, Rodolfo Castro, Zach McKinstry, Joey Wendell, any of them coming down your team? I'm, I'm, I'm picking up all those guys over. Okay. Like, okay. I think Wendell's the only question mark for me, but Sosa. He's a cut down. They were 60, 55, 55, 26 were the roster rates for those four. With yeah, Wendell I th- being the lowest. I, I think I'd rather get the production. I think, you know, while, while it's while it's harder to, like, find guys on a 15-team wire, it's even more important to get, like, those at-bats and those yep. plate appearances. Uh, so uh, I like McKinstry a lot. Like, I picked up McKinstry, especially because he's, like, triple eligible or maybe yeah. triple eligible. At I this actually point, like, cut him, and that's why he's available in my league. It was for a five-day week. Mm-hmm. I think I can get him back next week, and I picked up Brendan Donovan. I don't oh. see a whole lot of difference between them, to be honest. I don't either. I, I I don't mind that. But give me the guy who's playing ostensibly on a better team right now. I know overall, right this minute, that is not the case. The Tigers are better than than the Cards, and I it's think shocking. Pretty, pretty shocking easily, is, by the yeah. way, by record, um, eighteen and twenty-one versus sixteen and twenty-five, but. I know my team well enough to know that mm-hmm. Brendan Donovan's on the better team. So I took he's triple eligible as well. So I wouldn't have cut McKinstry if it wasn't for another super eligible guy. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I think Rendon's name value, and if you do cut him in a 15, some people will be like, "Oh shit, Rendon's available." Then they'll go look and be like, "Oh, this is why." That's Rendon's why. Available. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, we'll close the book on that. Let's move on to the ones we did have on our notes. Matt McLean coming up for the Reds for your boy TJ Friedel going to the IL. I'm sorry for that. I'm surprised you had a good weekend, even though TJ Friedel went on the IL. Uh, but it's not expected to be a major, major issue. Hopefully he's okay back in a couple weeks. But Matt McLean is an interesting prospect. He's one of about 412 last count uh, middle infield prospects for the Reds. And I think he might be the worst defensive of the bunch, so he'll probably move off quicker than than the others with guys like Edwin Arroyo, Noelvi Marte, and Ellie De La Cruz coming up behind him eventually. But what do you think of Matt McClain coming up for the Reds? Because he's the guy up right now, and he's the one who's going to get some PT at the aforementioned shortstop. He's an interesting guy. I'm su- surprised that this is the route they went, though. I really would have thought that maybe they would bring up uh, Ellie De Cruz or... Uh, Carcio Strand, um, who've both been just quickly with on CES, uh, Christian and Canarcio and Strand, he doesn't play short. So then, who are you playing there? Because they're putting Barrero in it short, but then, but then you have to play Jose Barrero. Where are you playing mm-hmm. Strand and Canarcio and Strand? Sorry, you play him at play him at third and move Senzel back to the outfield. I mean, you know, DH like I. Yeah, they're playing a lot of Senzel at third. I guess Kevin Newman doesn't have to play. I would agree with that. Kevin Newman um, can play short. That's true, too. Yeah, but he has a 56 WRC+. plus. He should not be playing. Yeah, he shouldn't be playing. Anyway, your point is well taken about McLean. However, yeah, Encarnacion Strand and Ellie De La Cruz are getting the, the interest right now because CES is hitting mad homers and uh, De La Cruz is breaking uh, stat cast with the, mm-hmm. with the hard hits that he's doing. But for McLean's part at AAA, 38 games, 12 homers, 10 steals with a killer slash line and wonderful skills, a 0.85 walk to strikeout ratio, almost one to one, which is brilliant. So what do you think of McLean? I understand you're surprised at him getting the first call, but now that he has, are you intrigued? 
I'm intrigued if he's going to play every day. Uh, if he's one of those guys that doesn't have like a huge carrying tool in fantasy necessarily, but does not just a little bit of everything, but a good amount of everything. Yeah. And so like he could be, uh, especially in that ballpark, a guy that hits, you know, 15 to 20 home runs and steals 15 to 20 bases, uh, you know, with a palatable average. Like that is really, really interesting, but it's, he needs to play every day. And my concern with the Reds is that he's going to come up and play three or four days a week. And then that really taps that output because he doesn't have that one thing that he does really, really well to overcome that. So yeah, McLean's loaded with 50, 55s across his profile. And the only thing I would say to the counter though, is they don't have lefties to like platoon him. McLean's Mm -hmm. a righty. Their entire bench Barrero, Newman included, are righties. So at least he's not facing a, like an obvious platoon situation. So McLean will have, for us in NFBC, we'll have a week to assess because he wasn't available. He's going to get this whole week because he's not even technically up yet. Um, what do you need to see this week to be interested? Obviously, a wonderful week would, would make you interested. But what do you need to see that isn't great but is, is solid enough for you to be like, okay, I'm, I'm in here? I want to see him playing more days than not. I want to okay. see him. Just the PC they, they, will do they have it. a six-game week. I want to see him playing four or five games. Um, yeah, I'm with that. So that that's I, – I do not care. Like, I mean, the whole, like, Casey Schmidt and people – like, and I got Casey Schmidt in a couple leagues, but, like, I didn't spend a whole lot um, where I got him. But, like, people, like, going crazy over his two home runs is, like – that doesn't mean anything to me. What no. means something to me is that he's going to play every day. Uh, and I, like, I do think Schmidt's going to play every day. Uh, uh, but my main question on Matt McClain is, is he, if he's playing every day, I think he's going to be very productive. Like I said, I think he's got some pop and I think, I think the pop is probably the weakest of his tools, but in that ballpark, it should play well. Um, not to mention they're going to freaking Colorado to start yeah. this week. And they're going to be home <laughs> so, for a lot too. Remember yeah. I highlighted that last week about my Cincinnati guys and you know, Will Myers clock's ticking, but you get to go mm-hmm. to Coors, you get a bunch of home games here. Yep. It's time to see something from your Cincinnati guys that you've been waiting on. And if they don't, then so you the start perfect time for TJ Friedel to go on the FNIL. I, I mean, just that is unreal. the worst man. Like, Cause he could have taken off and he's been good. Three homers, four steals, I, 115 OPS plus, but he could have jumped up a level. I have carpal tunnel from the amount of teams I had to click him out of the starting lineup. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. That's your guy. You went out and got him. Again, oblique, hopefully not going to be too long and hopefully not going to screw him up once he's back. Uh, Pete Fairbanks going to be activated today. I guess the main question is, are you going to be holding Jason Adams shares? If so, where? If it's not universal. Everywhere. If, if I have Jason Adam or if I see someone drop Jason Adam, I am picking him up immediately. One, he's I just agree. a really good pitcher. He's not going to hurt you to hold on to. Uh, two, I have zero trust in Pete Fairbanks staying healthy. Um, and so, uh, give it two weeks. You know, if in yeah. two weeks Pete, Pete Fairbanks is the Pete Fairbanks that uh, the truthers have uh, been, you know, screaming for for the last couple of years, then you can drop Adam no problem. He hasn't really hurt you that much on your roster because worst case scenario, if you needed to, you could actually use him and still get strikeouts and maybe vulture a win or something like that. Uh, but I think there is a real chance that Pete, uh, Pete Fairbanks ends up back on the IL or really struggles and Jason Adam takes this uh, job and runs with it. So 
uh, yeah, if someone drops them, I'm grabbing them and I'm holding on to them where I already have them. Yeah, um, even as a Fairbanks believer, I, I totally agree with that. I got no problems with uh, chasing Adam. Update, uh, Astro's schedule came out and Altuve is not on it. So. Okay. so no on Altuve, we're waiting on Corey Seager. Mm-hmm. If their lineup comes out while we're on, of course, we'll give that update. But obviously people will be looking at that stuff. Let's talk some pickups and let's just start at the top. Because you were active with this, with this gentleman. Let's start with the pitchers in the deep leagues. Obviously, these guys were a lot of them were picked up in shallow formats as well. Uh, so we'll start at the top with Yuri Perez. I'll let you take it away. You had a big week with him. What, what were you seeing in Yuri Perez? What kind of bids did you put in to win him? Because you got him in a bunch of spots. He looked really good in that start. Like he, like I know he gave up the bomb and stuff, and. Uh... You know, that was a little bit discouraging, but like he looks so good. Like that stuff is so powerful. Uh, and I think he's got pretty good control and command as well. Uh, there's going to be road bumps, but for me, you know, you and I were kind of talking about before we started recording. I don't like making these big bids. I really don't. I learned my lesson last year, but uh, some of my teams are in some real pitching issues. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was big on Michael Kopech. I was big on uh, Brady Singer. Uh, I was, you know, I got a lot of shares with Jack Flaherty. Um, I, my pitching is in a lot of trouble right now in a few of my leagues. And so in those places, I said, I need to make a real move here uh, and either put myself in a position where I can get my year and a whip because that's where my big issues are back down below a certain level over the course of the next month or so, or load up on guys who may blow up my ERA and whip and just, you know, punt those and say, I'm going to win strikeouts and wins. And, uh, and I feel like Yuri is one of those guys that can do both those things. Absolutely. So, uh, I was very aggressive on him. Plan. Yeah. So you got him in the main, main I got main? him. I got him in the main. I got him in team. my 15, uh, in my, uh, my auction league, my $1,500 auction league, mm-hmm. I got him in, I think, at least one of my OCs, if not two. Uh, Those are 12s. See. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, one of my OCs, my Beat Justin Mason League, which is actually doing pretty well. Uh, nice. I just had a lot of money to spend. Uh, and TGFBI and Barth. Um, so, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, I was very aggressive. In most of the spots, I spent $300. Um, okay. Out of a thousand, for those that don't uh, yeah. know, so thirty percent of the budget, obviously even more of that than the remaining budget because you didn't mm-hmm. have all one thousand. It was there. like almost fifty percent of my main budget uh, and, remaining. I mean, I get it. Like, I I understand going in here. We've both talked about how we're not super eager to dive in on these types of bids. Sometimes it just matches up with everything you've got. Your finances are there. Your team need is there. They can move the needle enough on categories that it is worth pushing. So while we don't do it all the time, you found the right spot and you went for it with Yuri Perez. I'm pretty excited for him. Um, he looks like he could be a total game changer. I will say it sucks that a week after you buy somebody, they're going to Colorado and, and the Angels in the same week. Yeah, he's probably going to be a sit next week for me. Oh, I think uh, I'll use him still. We'll see. We'll kind of see what my other options are. But, I mean, he gets Washington this week so uh it's nice to be able to get him uh use him for that easy start this week for Mm -hmm. Yuri Perez so he was the big dog let's stay on pitchers I think a lot of folks um were ready to pivot to this next guy 
veteran we're very familiar with james paxton comes back has a nice nine strikeout outing and i think people saying oh i can't win yuri he's too expensive let me put my chips on paxton push his price up because there were some big prices out there i thought you know i didn't think i was necessarily going to get him i was like oh i'm making a nice competitive bid uh no i wasn't he went for 132 and then Ooh. 122 backup, I had like 84 thinking like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, maybe I can get him. Yeah, right. No chance. What would you think of James Paxton and and the bids that he had? Obviously, I, I doubt you got him anywhere because you were getting Yuri. But were you in on Paxton as that backup win? I did get him in my main event qualifier league. Oh, okay. Um, but I only spent like 37 bucks on him. Oh, I'm jealous. Like, uh, like I, I wasn't putting in huge bids on him only because, I mean... I think he looks great. I mean, he was really, really impressive. Uh, the velocity is back. He's getting a ton of strikeouts. The question is, like, how many innings can we really expect for him Shrug. to pitch? I don't know. He's, he's thrown, like, 70, or not not even 70 innings, like, in the last four years or something. Like, something ridiculous. I, I should probably actually oh, look yeah, it I'm up. Oh, yeah, I'm sure and, it's a, um, a silly low number. Yeah, I mean, okay, so since 2020, he has thrown a total of 26 and two thirds innings. Like that is and three and a half always. seasons in three seasons. If you want to count 2020 plus 2023, 26 innings total. Like that and is nothing. Always and, consistent health issues with James. Patrick. Oh yeah. Like, even, even previously. Even yeah. The Tommy previous to the Tommy John and everything mm -hmm. like he was always, you know, a guy that, you know, Oh, are we going to get 120 innings this year? Or 150 innings this year. That being said, on a per-inning basis, I can see a scenario where he's a top 30 starter. He's on a one-year deal on a team that has no reason to worry about his long-term health. Mm -hmm. uh, could he throw another 100 innings this year um, with really good strikeouts open. and you know ratios and winning a fair amount of games because the Red Sox are surprisingly somewhat competitive? Yeah. I mean, I definitely see it. And so he was definitely the second guy on my list this week. I wasn't going to go into triple digits. I think the most I put on him was like 50 bucks and I didn't get him uh, so in that league. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely intrigued. And I think there's going to be a lot of places uh, in, you know, home leagues and stuff like that where people are just leaving him on the wire. Like they're just yeah. not touching him. And I would be happy to go take the gamble because worst I'd, case I'd scenario, you just drop him. Exactly. You can just move on. I'd be happy to pick up Paxton literally anywhere. I mean, even yeah. 10 or 12, I think there's going to be teams that need Paxton because the upside is rich. The certainty is nothing. Um, if you pick him up knowing that much and, and keep your bids tempered. So that way, if you if you do lose him quickly, you're like, okay, I knew what I was getting. Don't put yourself in a scenario where losing him is devastating, and then you can feel comfortable going after Paxton. In the main event, um, he did not go under 100 very often. He was available yeah. in 20, 20 leagues, I think, 20 main events still out of the 54, I think there are. And um, he went over 100 in all but seven. He only went below 80 twice, and that was 74 and 67 for James Paxton. So bids were up there. People were interested. I get it. You just you know to be careful, right? You just you be careful with the health. That's it. That's all with him. Um, let's talk another big starter. Not on the level of those two at all, 
but has a lot of talent that, hey, could be a sneaky guy. If you really just didn't have the bucks to go for those two, you could have pivoted to Luis Ortiz for the Pirates, who's actually going to start tomorrow on Tuesday um, at the Tigers and then sets up for a two-step next week, Texas and at Seattle. What do you think of Luis L. Ortiz from the Pirates? Love Luis Ortiz. Um, I, you know, I think there's going to be kind of growing pains with him, but like I mentioned uh, when we first talked about him uh, after the Velasquez injury is the Pirates don't have a lot of options mm-hmm. in, on their 40 man in, in terms of starting. And so I think they're going to give him plenty of rope. You know, you're going to get strikeouts. Um, he was the third guy on my list in terms of who I was kind of targeting. Uh, and I was really hoping to kind of get him at a cheaper price uh, than he ended up actually going. Um, so I was hoping like the Paxton and, uh, uh, and Yuri kind of uh, prices yeah. like, just like made people not remember Luis Ortiz a little bit. I was wrong. He, Mm-mm. no one forgot about Luis Ortiz. I mean, the cheapest he went for in, I think a main event league was like $179 or something like that. Um, I guess a hundred, uh, Hundred oh no, he went actually way cheaper. What was I looking at there? No, that was the high. He went triple digits oh. three times. You know oh, I I, I had it sorted by all game styles, and on all game styles, mm. it had the min for him. Oh no, I was looking. Never mind. I know what it was. I was looking at the max as the min. That's the problem. Okay, so that makes uh, sense. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get him anywhere, but I've got him in a bunch of DCs, so I'm still going to um, enjoy him. Uh, like, I, him and Oviedo, I think, are really, really interesting pitchers. Similar, the right? Way. Yeah, uh, I think they're guys that uh, people are really going to like watching pitch. I think this like this Pirates team, I think, is still up and coming. I know they've been struggling the last couple weeks offensively. Quite a bit. They are, but like that rotation is going to be really interesting. Uh, especially if Ronzi can figure out any command and control uh, at some point. So I, I definitely agree with that. And I like Ortiz um, and he wasn't, he wasn't really forgotten mm-hmm. though, to your point, the three triple digits, you know, bunch of, bunch of bids in like the forties and up between the forties and mm-hmm. the eighties, which is a pretty substantial bid. I think people were trying to get him in, in that 30 and under, and you could have in the right league. There were definitely some thirties for Luis Ortiz in the main, but uh, a lot of people still like him. And again, if they didn't have the big bucks for Perez Paxton, they pivoted over to Ortiz. Let's get into some hitters. Then we'll do shallow and we'll do a little closer corner again, because there's another week where there's at least some interesting guys. Let's start with the big hitter of the week. And in some instances, um, bigger than Perez as far as overall player. Now he wasn't as available. Christopher Morrell for the Cubs was only available in 20 leagues. And man, I think I told you this when he came up. He was in my my list of bids a couple weeks ago. And I got Alec Thomas, who I did want back. I was buying him back after cutting him. And now I kind of wish I'd have won Morrell in that bid because Thomas has gone back to being bled. And Dominic Fletcher might have stolen his job. We'll talk about Fletcher in a moment. And Morrell came up, hit the ground running. We know the issues with him with the swing and miss. But if they commit to the playing time, he's guaranteed power and speed probably on a higher level than what you were saying about Matt McClain. What do you think of Christopher Morrell? Did you get him anywhere? Was he available in any of your leagues? Um, He was available in some of my 12s. I don't believe I got him anywhere. I I did have him um, 
on my uh, on my list. I should probably actually check and see if I did actually pick them up anywhere. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It feels like the, no, I, I don't have them anywhere. Uh, like I feel like this isn't like there isn't any change. Like he has not made any sort of changes that make me think that this isn't all going to fall apart. Again. True, um, but the guy. Last year, Morel was sixteen ten with a two thirty five. Isn't that valuable on its own? It absolutely is if he continues to play. The problem I, is I like that. the Cubs aren't as bad as they were last year. They have True. options. What happens when Nico Horner comes back? What happens when you know, like other guys, like start you know, if okay, when Nico Mervis Horner starts comes back, he goes over to third and replaces Wisdom. You think? Wisdom goes to DH. Mancini stops playing as much. Uh, Mancini's playing just fine. Like Mancini, nine WRC plus, and not not really showing the punch. That's okay. I think I think Mancini's gonna be fine. I mean, I like Mancini, but one hundred seven ISO. You the problem is the the problem is right now he's running hot and he's still running at like an almost twenty nine percent strikeout. Sure, no, I, I and so totally what ha- what happens when he's hitting? 225. He'll probably get moved and, down the order. And he's striking out 40% of the time. He'll probably get moved down the order, but I, I still he's probably not going to play. I don't know. I don't know. You said when Matt Mervis starts hitting any day now, buddy. It's you been know, a week. 41% K rate. It'll 6% walk. I, I don't know. Where's the gun like, skills? It's been a week. That's long enough. How much time do you yeah. have, bro? Figure it out. <laughs> Everybody, like, in my chat and stuff, like, asking me, like, should I be dropping Matt Mervis? And yeah. I was like, if you were picking him up you or stashing, yeah. like, like, why would, like, yes, I know it's really, really frustrating. Like, it's a week. Like, yeah. give the guy, give the guy, you know, 150 plate appearances mm-hmm. or something. At like, least a hundo for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm obviously joking about Mervis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do think Morel's going to find his PT, though. Um, like maybe I, I'm wrong. I I, but I think somebody I, like Mancini could be in some PT trouble. If the easiest thing, of course, that will probably happen, just because that's the way baseball goes, is another injury will open an avenue. And I guess the one thing that is, is the true that is true. Is that I mean, he can play everywhere. He every opening is Morel's yeah. playing time in some yeah. form or fashion, right? Sure. Um, he doesn't play first base, but then P. Wizzy can move over to first if something happened to Mervis. It's like they sent him back out, and then Morell's playing third. You know, whatever it is, he finds it out because he plays infield, outfield. So we'll and see. The, and I'm going to give a little him a little bit of credit. His his zone contact is below league average, but it is way above where it was last year. That's good. Um, that's good. That being said, like he is being really, really aggressive. Yeah, his in zone swing rate is almost at eighty percent. Like he, he, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, he, I mean, he's just he is seeing a pitch and he is swinging. Like he is not, like he is not being patient at all. And at some point, pitcher's just gonna go, okay, well, we're gonna, we're just not gonna go in the zone on you. We're gonna let you swing outside of the zone. And I don't know that he can adjust. Yeah, and one of the things we talked about with Christopher Morrell was that even when he was raking at AAA, the skills weren't even improved. You know, usually no. when these minor league guys go down and they have this big flaw, they crush at AAA, they kind of close the gap on whatever their issue is, they come back up and it might get re-exposed. He still had a 31% K rate. He was riding a 429 BABIP and power. Like, he has good power, but he's not a 400 ISO. You know, he was as hot as hot can be. So, I like Morel. I wasn't willing to pay that kind of money. 
Um, I talk about my, my friend Greg and I, like we always bat things around the night of bids and we were talking about him. You know, he was big on Morel back when he was available as a stash. So shouts to him because he called that one because that eight bucks, which was what I had him for that week and that he didn't yeah, know. Yeah, that, 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 that yeah, that I would be fine with. Like if every, you like every main he went in, 20 mains, all triple digits. Yeah. And Morel. that's. That's the problem because I mean that's that's, that's triple digits that may end up needing to get cut here in a month because yeah and, and like it, so that's where I agree with you for sure and so like yeah if you, if you're able to pick them up off waiver wire for nothing right now then yeah go ahead obviously like you know like I think Ezekiel Duran is gonna fall apart but I spent seventeen bucks on him and I'm gonna ride until it does fall apart and if it doesn't I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of it and I don't think they're too far apart. I think they're the exact same player. And, and, and you have Morel. never seen them at the same place at the same time. Mm-mm. And trying to kill them with Ever that? names. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they didn't go John Smith and freaking Bill Bill Walker. They went Ezekiel Duran, Chris Morrell to throw you off the scent. Just mm-hmm. wake up, sheeple. Come on. Yeah. Wait, we're putting you on, okay? <laughs> we're putting you on the real things here. These are the same players. And frankly, you should be impressed with him because he plays in Texas and Chicago at the same time. That is hard. Freaking fire miles, so baby. Give him a little bit of break on that strikeout rate. When you're playing in two places, mm-hmm. essentially at once, it's not easy. It'll all come out when the Cubs and the Rangers play each other because now mm-hmm. every team plays then each what other. Happens. And then, yeah, what uniform are you going to wear, huh? That's that's where we expose him, dude. Oh, I love it. Perfect. Yeah, yeah we'll be exposing him then. <laughs> but no, I do think somebody like Duran does have a lot of the similarities there. That don't buy high on on Morel right now. Like that's that's the tough part, and that's exactly what my buddy Greg told me too. Because like I said, he's his biggest backer, and he even said, "Well, it's probably gonna be triple digits now." And at that point, I'm not sure it's worth it. So be careful there. If you missed the hype train before Morel got called up, you might want to sit back. Uh, you mentioned the name Casey Schmidt earlier. We actually talked about his call up on Friday, if I recall correctly. But now bidding time went through. He stayed hot over the weekend, I believe, or his numbers were just so good that he was able to sustain mm-hmm. a couple offers. I don't know which it was. Um, he had two hits on Saturday and then didn't mm-hmm. have an offer on um, on Sunday. We'll forgive him for that. He's still hitting a cool 458, Casey Schmidt is. With like and an offer with three strikeouts. Oof. But he has a casual 500 Babbitt with those aforementioned two homers. We did talk about him. You can get a deeper dive from Friday's episode. But I just want to know, did you get him anyway? Did you get any yep. Casey Schmidt? I got him for cheap for like 30-something okay. bucks or something like that uh, in a couple OCs. I, I didn't – one, I didn't need him in my main. Um, yeah. And so, like, my offense is really good. And I wasn't there wasn't anybody I really wanted to drop. What I needed was an outfielder because I lost Kepler. Um, but okay. – uh, I like Schmidt if he's going to play full-time. Again, I think, like, in spite of, like, yes, it was a really nice hot start to his career, what I think he really profiles as is a really, really good defender that can accumulate. um, So you need that volume. But you need that volume. And, you know, is J.D. Davis going to see much playing time at third base? Yes. I think he could. So they did but, play, uh, Crawford came back yesterday. Schmidt played mm-hmm. third. So that's why you bring up JD Davis, JD DH, because Jock was nicked. Now, Jock's mm-hmm. not on the IL. He just has the INJ next to him instead of IL. He's injured. So he couple, took a couple of days off. We'll see what happens there. Are you, you are, you're a Giants fan. You're keyed in on this a bit more. Do you think JD doesn't see that time or is Jock the one that's going to see the time even against a righty when he's healthy? 
or is he just automatic against righties? I think JD he's. I think it's odd. I think it's either JD or Schmidt. I think that that becomes the so real they, issue. You think they're going to share. And by the way, for his part, JD Davis. Let me see what he's doing against righties this year. And I know a two month platoon split is not going to be super valuable, but I will say he's done all of his work against righties. JD Davis yeah. has. He's at, and he's a righty himself. He actually hasn't done anything against lefties in forty plate appearances. And he's been much better defensively, which you know. It's so the the Giants too. are in a weird spot right now because usually they try to platoon to like get the advantage, but yep. the problem is none of them can play center field, and that's where they need a body. Is they need yes. someone who can play center field. That's why Brett and, Wisely is playing right now. Yeah, like because you. It's not just about the infield. If it was just about the infield, you know, oh, well, we'll move J.D. Davis to D.H., but uh, you've got Jock Peterson, who really shouldn't be playing the field at all. Mike you already have Hanniger out there. Yeah, you've got Hanniger out there. You've got Conforter out there. Like, yeah. It's a really, really ugly outfield defense. It's hard. It, it's really, really difficult. Like, I think Schmidt has to hit the key. Can Schmidt play any outfield? Is he one of those super utils? Maybe I don't know. I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I, I can take. I know. Idea. I mean, if he can play shortstop, I mean, I guess he probably you, you could. But I don't. They can. I just don't know if it's on his ledger at all. I agree. I, I, I don't I know have that, that it same is. opinion. I'm like, if you can play shortstop, you can play anywhere eventually. Yeah. Right. Like, but I mean, it he, it's not like he. It's not like he's going to play center. No, that's true. And like, you're and they're not going to. The biggest not, need is. Yeah. Like it's you know there's they, really no value to him filling a corner. Yeah. He already got Hanniger and Conforto. Like we already said. So yeah, that's a great point. Be mindful of that PT with Schmidt. And again, don't get caught buying high here at some exorbitant price. You said you paid 30s? Yeah. Out of uh, 1000 I got no problem with that. I, I read a weekly uh, buy, uh, buy low, sell high column, and I put Schmidt in my sell high. Like, you yeah. know, it's been a week. It's been a great week. If anybody's willing to give you anything of, like, really good value, then now is the time to sell. Anything that's better than waiver value, because that's Mm -hmm. where you got them from. So you don't need to clear a huge bar to sell Kate Schmidt. I agree with that. I probably should have put this guy higher. I kind of loosely rank these when I'm putting them together, you know, pitchers and hitters, but then I loosely rank their their quality. I think I like Dominic Fletcher a bit better out in Arizona. He is the brother of David Fletcher, who you might have learned about during – um, during the WBC, he was a bit of a star star player there in the WBC for Italy. D- Dominic Fletcher has come up and stolen the job from Alec Thomas, as I alluded to earlier. There's another team that had a scenario where it's like the center field aspect is the important thing, and that's why Alec Thomas was still just playing every day because he could play a true center and, and very well at that. But his numbers are down to 61 WRC plus, and they just can't keep waiting here. They're, this is a team that is in competition. They're 23 and 18, a few games behind the Dodgers, uh, a handful of games ahead of the Padres. They don't want to keep taking the zero there just for the defense. And now they got a combination of the two. Don Fletcher's not a great defender, but he can play it well enough in center while hitting. What do you think of Dom Fletcher? Was he somebody you looked at? Similar kind of crazy week as Schmidt, but I think the PT is more connected, uh, more locked in for Dominic Fletcher. What do you think? He's a really interesting guy because, like, I don't, I don't think he is super fantasy interesting unless he's getting full time play appearances. I think he's another one of these guys who really needs to accumulate. Like, he's got enough pop and enough speed. Uh, to be really interesting if he's playing full-time, I I just question that he's going to be able to hold down this full-time job long-term. Uh, as much as I know Alec Thomas was struggling, like 
the underlying numbers say he should have been a lot better. Um, and that defense is elite for Thomas. And so I do wonder if at some point Thomas gets his job back or at least, you know, maybe they share the role at some point. So, so can I cash in those expected stats for my standings? You should be able to. I, wish I think you could. I should. And then what I also heard, you, you were breaking up a little bit, but I heard you say that Dominic Fletcher is a fantasy savior who will fix any ailing offense if you picked him up. Is that what you said? That is not quite what I said, but I can understand where kinda, you got that. Yeah, I, I was translating a little mm-hmm. bit, but I heard you say that if you were like a dead last or near last place team mm-hmm. and you got him, shit's about to take off for you. Oh, oh, I see what's happening here. You yeah, spent a I bunch of money on him. Not a ton, you? not a ton. Okay. No, I, I don't. I, I yeah. I mean, I, what, I put what, what do you think on him before I before I tell you what I paid? One thousand fifteen <laughs> teamers. What 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 would you have paid for Dominic Fletcher? And I cut Thomas, by the way, so I did the one for one there. Uh, forty bucks. Forty one, baby. We are. All right, there, yeah. So there you go. Like I, I don't mind that. Uh, like that I can't didn't hurt me, right? Like, no, no, I don't think that hurts like that. Because uh, I do think he's going to be given an opportunity here. Uh, you know, the this is like one of those things though where defense does matter because he's like a Fletcher is a mediocre defensive player. Yes. Um he's not bad. He's but he's I don't think he's good. And Alec Thomas is an elite defensive player. Correct. Uh, but I think they're like very similar profiles here. Like these are both guys that in order to have fantasy impact, they need to be playing every day. Uh, and right now Fletcher's playing every day. If you know, if he starts struggling offensively, you know, it goes through a slump, then, we'll then I think see. then I think Thomas can take that job right back. Yeah. And I think there's a world even where um, I needed I needed some things because Crone went out. I have Seeger, Eloy out. Um, I know Seeger's supposed to come back, but I didn't know for sure that was going to happen. There's a world where I can maybe get Thomas back next week and hold both and then just take the winner when they kind of figure out who the best guy is. Uh Uh-oh. Is it good or bad breaking news? Luke Voigt on the IL with a neck injury. Dang. And the corresponding move is Darren Ruff signs a one-year deal with the Brewers. I mean, that's... That's Spider-Man meme all day right there. Yeah, right? right? Mm-hmm. You, you going for Darren Ruff in a 15-teamer? No. Okay, I didn't think so. I'm, I'm actually, like, why why aren't they just calling up, like, somebody? Like, they they've got... Brasso? Yeah. Like, I know mm-hmm. he's there for power, but, like, just play him on the le- uh, against the lefties. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, why, why do you go get another Luke Voigt off the factory? Like, You've got Owen Miller and Brasso, like you yeah, don't need. just let them play. I yeah. agree that that's kind of doofy, mm-hmm. but whatever. Anyway, Dominic Fletcher, totally agree with everything you said there. Paid 41. I love Alec Thomas. I, I even, The funny thing is I picked Alec Thomas back up after drafting and cutting him, and so this is my second time cutting him. Will I be back to the well again? Who can say for sure? I love to cut guys and then pick them back up. I did that on another move we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, but our next guy up is Jake Berger. Who, I mean, dude can crush, right? It, it's all about health with him, not just in the short term, but in the grand scheme. Like his career has kind of been derailed or at least stalled out by injury. He returned from the IL yesterday on Sunday. Uh, he has eight homers this year, which is equal to what he did last year, Justin, but he only, he needed 102 fewer plate appearances to do it. 81 versus 183. So he can rake. He's got pop. Jake Berger is a right-hander. I don't know if they got lefties coming up this week. They they only have one, but I think he's going to play just the same because they have spots open. Was Jake Berger on your radar this week for deeper leagues? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a big burger guy. Um, love myself a burger. No, I wasn't uh, gonna say anything. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I do, I've, and I've oh, always been a, too. I've been, I've always been a big Jake Burger fan. Uh, right now, with the injuries that they've got, I think he's gonna be their full time DH. Uh, yeah, and so like I think he is gonna play every day. Sometimes you know he'll play third when Moncada, you know, is, is getting a day off or you. Know, I, I'm really worried about Moncada's long-term health. Anyways, I uh, totally but am. Burger, I mean, he's kind of a th- true three-outcome kind of guy, right? Like he's yeah, which is strikeout, walk, homer. For those that don't yeah. know, those are called the three true outcomes. So I mean, like he's got you know eight home runs and twelve runs scored. Like he, you know, it's like he's only he's only crossing the plate when he does it himself for the most part. Uh, but like, if you need power, and I mean, this is a year in which power is a hard thing to come by. Uh, Jake Berger fits that bill, and so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like him a lot. I you know, as long as he can stay healthy and maybe DHing a little bit more, will help him do that. Yeah, I think that that's problem is right there. At some Berger. point, Eloy comes back, and they're gonna have to make a decision. Yeah, um, that's that's why I was interested in Berger. I didn't end up getting him, but because I have Eloy, I was like, okay, I'll take mm-hmm. I'll take the fill in. But I got a different guy that I'm very curious your thoughts on. We'll get to here momentarily. In fact, uh, in a couple players actually. Uh, next up is Kyle Farmer. Now, I've been kind of a Kyle Farmer hater, if I can be honest about it. It's mm-hmm. not not really like I don't hate him or anything. It's not a personal thing. But it was because of my Jose Barrero love, let's be honest, that was really... Okay, I, I assumed it was because he was so independently wealthy from FarmersOnly.com. I thought there that was, was jealous. No, no, I res- no, no, I respected the hustle on okay. that. That was oh, okay. genius. Um, creating a website, a dating website, strictly for people to date you only? Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Now, a bunch of actual farmers got on it, so I don't think it yeah. worked how he wanted, because he didn't get a date, but he did get tons of money. So Yeah. Genius. Mm-hmm. But no, I, like I said, no issues with him in Minnesota. I just kind of, I'm like, whatever. But I was like, stop taking Jose Barrero's time. And then Jose Barrero was terrible. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Kyle Farmer, you're better than Jose Barrero. He's going to play. In fact, he was playing and doing well before he got hit in the face by Giolito. That was ugly, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. But he's back, played all week. He's playing third every day, especially with Miranda sent out, which did we forget to talk about that on Friday or did that happen over the weekend? Uh, I think we just forgot to talk about it, honestly. Just, yeah, days blend together, and so... Oh, uh, Corey, Corey Seager will return this week. It doesn't say today, though. Hang on. Mm. In the next couple days, Chris Young, General Manager Chris Young did not commit to a date. So it won't be today. So for me in NFBC, and for those of us that are in those type of leagues where you do Monday, Thursday, and then th- Friday through Sunday, I'm going to wait. I'll, I'll wait to pick him up or to start him for the weekend, I think. Yeah, I think that's the position I'm in. Like I've got Ezekiel Duran there. It's like I can I can Same. just I just can hold on for a few more days. So uh that's a bummer though. I want I want Seeger back. What would have been really nice to have mm-hmm. no, I have, I would, I have Duran in another one. I got Seeger and Altuve on the same team, so I like getting oh, so them back is gonna be for both of Yeah. Them. Well and TJ Friedel as well. Oh. So like it's like I got Zach I it was a league where I picked up Zach McKinstry. Just because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he can cover all the spots. All of those. Which is you great. know. So what about Farmer then? Back, playing, are you interested? He's, he's definitely a... Yeah. Gotta, gotta, a they like him guy. a lot. They, I mean... He has to be a captain, right? Like, I know they don't announce captains a bunch, but like based on all the playing time he gets, both in Cincy and now Minnesota, 
Is he just a well-liked dude, I guess? Apparently. Like, he, he doesn't do anything particularly great. Except um, just play ball, right? He's yeah. He's got that grit aspect. Yeah. He's that he's like that Brian Dozier guy, right? Like the clubhouse. Uh, yeah, he's like um, except for maybe not a jerk. Um, I would say so, is Brian Dozier a jerk? Wasn't he? Wasn't he like the guy that would yell at people for not playing baseball the right way? I hope not. I really liked Brian Dozier. I feel yeah, like let, he was. Let us know if Brian Dozier was a dick. That's a bummer if he was because he he seemed cool. I I liked him, but w- this would be late career Brian Dozier, by the way, because Brian yeah. Dozier has like a forty-two homer season in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, did you try to pick Kyle Farmer up this week at all, or did you not need third base? He he was uh, he was like in the like bottom of my waterfall. So I have him in Tout Wars. He's on my bench. I like him because he's shortstop and third base eligible. Uh, yeah, they're in Tout. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's interesting. Like, he, they like him enough where they sent down one of their top prospects. Yeah, who's like, yeah, I know he wasn't playing great or anything, but like, he's Jose Miranda is a good hitter. Um, mm-hmm. a really bad defender, but a good hitter. So for them to just send him out, yeah, he got sent out. Yeah, I mean that was, I mean that was a bit surprising because I felt like Miranda had a pretty darn safe floor, but apparently not. Um, so I mean he's gonna play every day. He's gonna accumulate deeper leagues. I think he makes a lot of sense. You know what the problem was about us missing Miranda on Friday is that it happened on Wednesday. By then, it was pretty stale. I know we didn't get to talk about it, but I think that's why it didn't pop up in any of my news feeds because it had already been buried a bit. So pardon me on that. I still should have brought it up so we could talk about it, but this is our way of talking about it. Now, speaking of guys that I've cut and decided to get back, Michael Massey on fire. And what's funny is I cut Rodolfo Castro, who I had drafted, re-picked up, and now cut again because his job got stolen. Uh, Rodolfo Castro has has basically been replaced now by um, uh, Tucapita Marcano, essentially. Jiwan Bay is the one playing second. Marcano's over at short. Rodolfo Castro is not playing. But Michael Massey, who's a guy I really liked coming into the year, and I, I tried to stick with him for a, a while. I really, really did because he was showing some punch. But man, my, my counting stats are so far behind. I just couldn't take somebody who's just draining the batting average every single week and not on a good enough team to pick up like ancillary runs and ribbies, right? Like you can be sucking on, say, the Dodgers or, um, the Rays or something and you're just getting a few runs and ribbies just because they're good. That was not happening with Massey. Well, the power's starting to translate. The hits are starting to fall. Two homers, two steals now. The the baseline numbers still look bad, 54 WRC plus. But I picked him back up. I only paid thirty uh $29, so I don't feel bad about that. What do you think of Michael Massey? Is is he finally coming around or is this just a blip? Uh I think he's starting to come around. Like, I mean, I don't necessarily know that he's gonna be this good wrestler or anything like that, but I think he's gonna be a pretty usable player uh that can, you know, hit for average, steal some bases, isn't popless. Uh, the question is like Will he get to play every day? Uh, I think if he's hitting, if he's hitting, he's decidedly yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, Second base, let's see. Last time he missed was Friday, and the second baseman was Michael Garcia, who moves Mm -hmm. around. So there's no like. And has been struggling. Like Mike, Michael Garcia came up and stole two bases, like and was like, you know, hey, really good the first couple games, and he's hitting like two ten or something like that, two fourteen with a forty three WRC plus. So you know he's going through it as well. But this offense as a whole actually is playing well lately. I mentioned how they don't offer Mm -hmm. ancillary runs, ribbies. Well, lately they kind of have been. So I went back for Massey. 
Six righties this week. I think he's deep league viable. Is Massey worth it in 12s, or does he have to do more than a few good games? I think he has to do more than a few good games in 12s. But I agree. Uh, I agree. You know, especially because there are other options, you know, potentially out there. But uh, I held on to him in a couple leagues where, like, you know, my offenses were really strong and I could just put him on on the bench. So being able to now put him into the lineup is pretty nice. Yeah, that that is really nice with Massey. And it was coming along a little bit there toward the end of the month. He had three two-hit games in a row. And that's where I kind of got encouraged. I want to say the third of those was actually on a Sunday as well. And so I was like, okay. He's going to be fine. And then he promptly had two, three, and three strikeouts in a three-game span. I was like, okay, great. But in May, 344, 463, 594 with the two homers and one of the two steals for Michael Massey. I'm back in. I say go pick him up in your deeper leagues. Coin toss in 12s, depending on what what you got available. Uh, What about Luke Rayleigh? I I swear we've probably talked about him a couple times because he kind of keeps up, down, up, down, cut onto the next team but he goes through these power surges he's with the Rays, so he's the standard you know plays for a little bit sits for a bunch platoon type guy because he doesn't even play against every righty he's a left-hander but is luke Rayleigh doing enough with the power and his eight homers and 103 plate appearances that you're uh that you're interested not really i just this is not enough playing time it's just and and the strikeout profile with the bad yeah mm-hmm I just, I'm not super interested in him. So, uh, Kenny Pitch, because that would be the main (laughs) issue right now. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Rasmussen. Obviously, he's a cut everywhere. Um, Hopefully, you got Perez a little more Paxton. What a brutal blow. Like, I mean, remember how we were talking at the beginning of the season that this Rays rotation was just unreal good? Impeccable. And now it's like held together by Scott. It's not even duct tape. Like they can't even afford duct tape. Like and it's, it's not even Scotch, like yeah. brand Scotch tape. No, it's, it's a dollar. Brand. Yeah, it's a dollar store. You it know. does not stick very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, like it, it, it it's they, tough. they have to make a move, right? Someone in my say, chat today was like, like they've got Aranda and all these other guys that are like in the minor leagues that are blocked. Like they've got to start trading some of these guys for arms at some point, right? You would think. But I have a guy they could call up. His name is Taj Braidly. Mm. Never mm. heard of him, but I feel like he could be good. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, it, is, it is Taj or Tage. I believe it's Tage. Tage. Uh, and he is getting worked in AAA. I don't give a shit about I know. That, right, I agree. I agree. It but probably apparently they do. That he got sent out. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I hope this means Bradley comes up. It sucks about Rasmussen. Sorry if you lost him. It always is terrible to lose an ace. I never relish in. They put him straight on the 60-day. Like, no, it's, he's, it's he's done. Yep. Yeah, like, they, they're not doing the dance that they did with Springs because they gave mm-hmm. people some false hope with Springs stuff. And then with, with Rasmussen, they're just like, shh. He gone. So, uh, by the uh, way, Patrick Corbin is currently about to destroy every single person that streamed him this week. Why is that? Wait, has the game it, started? Yeah, it's oh, it's bases, a wraparound game. It's bases loaded in the second uh, right now with Brandon Nimmo at bat. Um, oh. Two outs. Yeah, it's a one-one game right now. Um, Speaking is, of dumb streams, how about mm-hmm. that? How about Kyle Freeland? Yeah, right? I ate yeah. shit the last time. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this time I say, no, no, I am off of it. And 
I, I wasn't like mad that you swayed me there. You were right the first time. And, and the bottom line that we always, oh, you got a big pickoff to end the inning. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm buying a little. Sorry. I know I'm always ahead of you. But anyway, um, Freeland did have success. But again, I'll, I'll reiterate your point for you. It was always. How bad. do you let that happen? Like, well, you're a catcher. Exactly. You're a catcher. You should know better than that. He like, saw the uh, he saw the Daniel Vogelbach commercial and he got some ideas in his mind. That's devastating. That that, that is that's going to cost him PT with Buck. He was so far off the bag. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? That I think that will actually cost him PT. That is that is inexcusable. Yeah, that's like uh, that is. I mean, thankfully for me brutal. as a person who streamed Patrick Corbett in like six DCs this week. Because I was going to say, like, uh, you, you bring that up as somebody with Corbin, right? Because you were the big Corbin guy last year. Obviously, I know you weren't like I, taping for him this I, year. I took him in like pick. every DC because like he was like, you'd get to like round 45 and be like, there are no starters left except for Madison Bumgarner and Patrick Corbin. Yep. So it was always like, those two, dude. So like, yeah. I was like, all right, well, screw it. Because, I mean, I have DC teams right now that are absolutely destroyed in oh, yeah. injuries. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. it, and I, I know everybody is feeling that pain because, like, you just, there's no world in which, like, you are safe right now from injuries in draft champions where it just. I have uh, one with Rasmussen and Springs. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, and Strider. And with those three, or, you know, flashback one month. I thought I was the god. I was like, "Oh my mm-hmm. god, what 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 a beautiful set of picks by my genius ass! I am so good." And I, then fantasy baseball said, "Really? Is that so? How about that?" I just clicked on a random DC and let me read to you my L guy guys right now: <laughs> TJ Friedel, Giancarlo Stanton, Kerry Carpenter, Kyle Isbell, Christian Pache, Daniel Hudson, Trevor Rogers, Matt Manning, Joe Mantiply, Daniel Lynch. Zach Davies and Tommy oh Canley. Like, God, dude. Like, I mean, and that was just a random, like, I wasn't even trying to find. Yeah, like, you weren't even finding, like, the most yeah. injured one. You know, That's I've got a- another one. TJ Friedel, Tristan McKenzie, Jose Suarez, Aaron Savali, Daniel Lynch, Matt Manning, Liam Hendricks. That one's not even that bad. Like, yeah, I just, you know. If you've never played a DC, folks, it's 50 rounds draft and hold. You can't make any moves. Those, That's your team. And it can be devastating. Um, and it seems, uh, it, it feels like a battle of attrition in those leagues. It absolutely is. And every year we talk about this uh, when we're, when we're talking about draft champions drafts, because what we talk about, you know, in October, November, and December, a lot of the time, because mm-hmm. there's not much else going on. Uh, and we say, don't draft injury risk. Don't draft. Like you feel like you have all these draft spots and you're like, yeah. Oh, well, if this guy gets injured, I've got, you know, a bunch of other guys. I'm going to draft 22 starting or 22 pitchers between relievers and starters. And then you get to this, you know, a point in the season, you're like, I have nine healthy guys. Those yep. nine are going in. I don't have to like think about setting it. And five of them are relievers because I've lost so many starters. So the people who win those leagues draft like the least risky teams possible. Oh yeah, um, the, what, what we would call boring. If you looked at Rob, it, you'd be like, oh, that's Rob boring. DiPietro is a master at it. Steve Weimer is a master at it. Yep. They put together these teams that you're like, 
oh, like this is so boring. You're never going to win. And at the end of the year, they've got the most plate appearances Bullshit. and they have yep. the most innings. Yeah, because it's playing time and it's as guaranteed as guaranteed can be, which is difficult mm-hmm. to ever guarantee anything. You can't, but you're trying to. They are drafting consistent track records that they have an idea of what those players are going to deliver. And they're not taking the chances that Jordan Walker will get called up. And then you say, Oh, he got, he made the team. I'm a genius. And then he's back mm-hmm. down. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're Jose Miranda. Nobody thought he was super risky. He can get sent out, but you know who isn't ever getting sent out is Christian Yelich. He might get hurt, mm-hmm. but you know, he ain't ever getting sent out, you know? Yeah. And so again, I'm just random naming random one off players, but those boring teams do the best in draft champions. Yep. For sure. Now here's a guy I wanted to highlight. Moving on to our next guy there, uh, closing the book on Luke Rayleigh, who we both said no thanks on. This guy I liked, Jake Bowers. Now, longtime listeners of the show might remember how much I used to love Jake Bowers mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, I don't quite love him to that degree anymore. I, I will freely admit that. Um, I don't see some big rising from him. But this reminds me exactly of the Franchi Cordero stream from a few weeks ago when they were facing all righties. I took a shot, ended up getting him, getting two homers from him. That's a beautiful stream. Bowers is raking right now. They do have six or seven rights. I don't know how many games they have, but they're all righties. It is, pardon me, it is seven. So it's seven straight righties at Toronto and at Cincy. And so I went for Jake Bowers for 41 bucks. And Mike Curlin messaged me today showing me all the, the results of the Curlin bid or of the Curlin bids of the uh, Bowers bids. Pretty much every league only had one Bauer believer. We all overbid, like nobody bid higher than 29. That was the, the highest, but the runner up there was four. Then a 26 zero. I was 24 three. The only other person that had a double digit backup was a 16 15. Malcolm Theo main event, whoever that is. Um, so it seemed like every league only had one Bowers believer. What do you think of Jake Bowers for this week as a deep league stream? It's such a weird underlying stat line. Like it's just um because you look and you go, Well, I mean, he's striking out thirty-six percent of the time, right? Yeah. Like so like he I mean he's gotta be like kind of up to his old tricks where he's like not making very good in zone contact and uh no he's making 96 percent in zone contact his called strike rate is 23 percent which might like, be why he has an 11 percent walk rate because he's waiting on yeah. his pitch getting deep into counts for jake mm-hmm. bowers yeah so i don't know like do i think this is going to continue no but for a short-term stream on a yankees team that is beat up right now sure why not like go ahead like he, he's not going to play against lefties um, and he shouldn't, uh, but they've got a bunch of righties this week. Take a gamble, see what happens, you know? Yeah. And that's all I did. I'm looking for hopefully a good week. If I can get two weeks out of it, great. But I don't look at these sub fifties as more than needing a couple weeks out of them to, to pay he, off. He, what do you think his XBA is right now? He's sitting 292. What do you think his expected, uh, batting average is? 260. No. Upper low. Upper. You go up. 340. Yeah, 336. It's actually getting unlucky, right? Yeah, Bowers is smashing it. There are strikeouts, but a 13% swinging strike rate is not crazy and doesn't really portend a 36% K rate. So like you said, those called strikes, if he's taking those with a purpose and still doing damage later in the count, 
we're not worried about it. If he's striking mm-hmm. out because he didn't find his pitch to do damage on, we should also mention two homers in his 11 games. It's a small sample, but also four homers, six steals, and seven attempts, by the way, in AAA. Um, I don't know where that's coming from. Oh, no, no, excuse me. Nine and five. Nine homers, five steals in 87 AAA plate appearances. The six, the four and six was from 2021. Pardon me. But Jake this Bowers. Is, I, I should have picked him up this week. He, he, he only got picked running. up in one of my leagues. He is available in every single one of my other my leagues, other than my auction. I I liked him, and I got to give again my buddy Greg uh, a hat tip on that because he was underscoring him even more. I had him, I am a little bit lower on my list with some other guys ahead of me. He's like, clearly, I got to stop talking to you, and I still got to start talking to Greg. You need to get on mine and Greg's calls, man. He, Apparently, he's, he's got the uh, he's got great. I mean, he's doing brilliantly to start the year, and he knows not to get too over his skis with excitement, but he is off to a brilliant start. Um, but yeah, so he helped me kind of push a little bit higher on Jake Bowers. I had him like third on my list. And after we were done talking, I moved him up to number one because I, I need, I need power impact more. I can use some steals. My steel standings are close, but that's why I got a bunch of guys. So I'm hoping my Fletcher, Donovan, Massey, and Bowers can all go crazy. Brendan Donovan, not super available in main events. That happened to be kind of a one-off thing. So I went ahead and picked him up. Even though he's not special, I just decided to go for it. Now, I want to move over to the opposite end of the spectrum as far as like team context, right? Bowers is on the Yankees. Our next guy here is on the A's. But it's Jordan Diaz, and he does have a three-homer game that, that garnered plenty of attention, of course. He has four on the season. He's kind of an all-or-nothing guy. Literally right now, 25% K rate, 0% walk. Was Jordan Diaz somebody that you thought would be a deep league worthwhile scoop? No, not really. I mean, almost all the heavy lifting is that one game. Uh, yeah. There is power in the bat, but uh, I I don't know if the playing time is going to be there. And even if it is, like, dude could hit 20 home runs throughout the season and have, like, 22 RBIs. Like, it's just... <laughs> True. You're not it's wrong. Just, no, and, uh, oh, oh, what a play. A great catch. I didn't want to spoil it for you for once. Oh, what a Stone play. Garrett making a yeah. brilliant sliding grab there against Nimmo. That was that would have dropped fair too. That's a triple. Oh yeah. Unfortunately for Lindor right there. Yeah, Lindor's just been he's just been getting the shit in his stick and like that is super unlucky, but what a play yeah, by Stone that's, Garrett. That's, that's a great yeah. play. So, yeah, no, I feel you on Jordan Diaz. I wasn't super keen on him. Um, let's talk a couple other guys here before we move on to shallow league plays. Ellie De La Cruz was drafted in a bunch of leagues. And so in the main event, for those that don't know, prospects can't be picked up if they weren't drafted and then cut. That's why Yuri Perez is available in every league because nobody's stashing him because nobody drafted him because you're not going to hold him till God knows when because he's 20 years old in double A. But Ellie had a good enough spring and did enough, had enough chatter that some people were taking him as their 28th, 29th, 30th pick. But of course they ended up cutting him when he didn't make the team or anything. So he was available in a handful of leagues and he was picked up a good bit. Were you, were you looking at any Ellie, Ellie de la Cruz and was he even available in your league? Uh, he was not available in any of my leagues. I actually picked up Encarcio Strand a couple weeks ago. Same, same concept. Um, then. Same cut, yeah, because the same kind of idea where he was picked up and someone dropped him. I was like, oh, I'll put a buck on him and hold him for a little bit. Uh, the problem for Strand is he's not on the forty man, uh, yes. but Ellie De La Cruz is. I think Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, he should be up at this point. Um, and I, I don't. It's hard to kind of figure out what the Reds are doing, and it's been hard to kind of figure out what they've been doing for the last couple of years. Yeah. But they have a lot of talent in AAA right they now. They have an amazing system. Um, Do it. Go ahead. 
And I just I wonder like are they going to be a team that kind of looks and goes, well, the Cardinals are struggling, the Pirates mm-hmm. are coming back to earth, the Brewers like are mediocre Fine. without Woodruff. Burns yeah. seems like he's starting to turn around, but like, do they want to take a little run at this and maybe bring up some of these guys? Um, they should will they? I don't know. Yeah, it's just so hard to kind of get a read on what they're gonna do. Uh, but I think Cruz is talented enough. I mean. Legit 70, 80 grade power in that bat. That for sure, raw power for sure. We'll yeah, see how it translates to game. Super boomer bust in AAA right now with six homers, four steals, but four for nine on the bases. You heard that mm-hmm. right. That's five caughts. A lot of swing and miss in his game. Am I too far off to say there's like a Christopher Morel vibe when he when Ellie De La Cruz comes up? Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think you're wrong there. I mean, except I that when he comes up, I think the playing time, which was your bigger concern with Morel, mm-hmm. I think that they would bring him up. I would hope that they'd be bringing up Ellie De La Cruz to play and not bounce yeah. around. And I mean, defensively, like I don't know that he can stick it. Try. I think the hard part for them right now is I don't know that they want to play Senzel in the outfield. Yeah, um, and Senzel's playing well. Like so, mm-hmm. like I think they want to like. You know, Senzel's had to bounce around to a bunch of different spots his entire career. It hasn't helped him stay healthy at all. And so why right now he's playing well and and he's not getting hurt. So like why mess with him at all? Hey, so he's um, locked in locking third, India's locking second, second five hundred and twelve middle infield prospects coming up. Where are you playing? And none of them are like good enough defensively at short where like you have to play them at. Like, exactly. You know, like Lane, Ellie, Noelve, mm-hmm. none of them are, are premier. I think Arroyo is the only one, and he's. I mean, Barrero is a really, really good defensive yeah. shortstop, but like he's not like anything with the stick, unfortunately. So I, they're just kind of in a weird spot. You almost wonder, like, will they make some trades? Like, could they do uh, like a Jazz Chisholm for Zach Gallon type of type challenge of trade? Absolutely. Um, at Why do they some do it point? with that team? They could. They absolutely. I mean, I think they. I think once Trevor Rogers is actually back, maybe that's something that is looked at. Is like, hey, should we make a deal here? Send you, you know, someone for a Trevor Rogers. Yeah, uh, arm arm for a bat seems like a fit there between Reds and Marlins. For yeah, sure. totally agree with you. But yeah, Ellie got a bunch of pickups. I do think it makes sense. I, I'm not in the stash mode right now with my offense. I need guys that are playing, but I respect the the people that went out and did it and have the availability. Again, yeah. to reference Greg for the 500th time, I hope you listened to this episode. He, he had he had the space to do it. I think I think he got outbid by a pretty good bit, even though he thought he's like, oh, I, I put a good bid in here, and the 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 um, other managers in his league were like, nope, how about this, and and put some crazy bid. I mean, he went. He went for 57 in two different leagues, Ellie did. Um, yeah, and one of those was Greg's league. And then it was 15, 12, 11, 11. And I want to say Greg's bid was 23. So he'd have gotten him in those other four. He happened to be in one of the two leagues where he wasn't going to get him. What do you think of 57 on Ellie De La Cruz? It's a lot. I mean, it was 57, I think 11, and 57, I mean, 20. He's going to he's gonna be 157 or 257 when he gets True. up. So, like, I, I get why you do it, but it could be – he could be up next week. We have no he, idea. He could be up in July. Like, we yeah. really, like – It could like, be August. He they're not gonna, cold. They're not going to bring him up not to play. I think the Matt McLean 
you know, promotion is really indicative of he's they don't want him playing short. So yes. he needs an injury. And I mean, Nick Senzel is always like a strong gust of wind away from being hurt. But I think he needs an injury. You don't got to be saying all that. It's true. Nick Senzel. I, I want man. Senzel. I want Senzel to be so don't healthy. Even put that out like, I, don't even put that you know, out there. I, I, I can't remember if it was you or someone else I was telling. Like, I've had Nick Senzel rostered on a Dynasty League team out of spite. Like for like, <laughs> you like, owe me MF. Like I've got, I, I've got. I, I should be trying to button. cash him in right now. Like I should just be like, you probably, you know, especially with a course mm-hmm. series coming up. But I've got Myers, Senzel, Steer, Stevenson. If I can't do anything with, what's that? Twelve mm-hmm. games in Coors. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if Myers is going to. By the way, this is probably his last week. Hey, listen, folks, I was huge on Myers. It's not going well right now. I'm not quitting yet. But hey. One thing I always say, if I catch a fat L with a with a recommendation, at least you know I took him to. I don't know if that comforts anybody, but I know I, I know it would comfort me. If somebody's recommending somebody a whole bunch and then to come to find out that they didn't get him on any of their teams, I'd be like, hey, did you, did you lead people astray on purpose? But at least with regards to specifically Will Myers, I'm right there in the muck with y'all. And hopefully, he yeah, and 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 I I am too. But like, the more I look at it now, the more I go, this was wish casting. And I know I know people don't like that. It's not like done that much. yet. <sighs> I know it's not, and I'm hoping he turns it around because I really needed to, and no, especially what, some of my okay. DCs. But let's, like, let's play this out a little bit. What? Why was it wish casting? Because if you look at the contact numbers, like the one thing I was wanting to focus on this year is you know because contact we had all these. Yeah, we had all these things that we didn't know how they were going to play out. Like, you know, the defensive alignments, mm-hmm. pitch clocks, you know, larger bases, things like that. Like, the one thing I wanted to focus on was pure hitting skills. And Myers, as much as he in the past has shown the ability to be a really good in-zone contact hitter, he hasn't been in years. Um, and I think I got over... Uh, confident in Cincinnati. Like I, th- I felt like, hey, Cincinnati is going to... I bet a lot on rip. Cincinnati. And yes, like Cincinnati is going to help a guy who's got power, but you can't hit the ball over the fence if you can't hit the ball. And he just that's doesn't hit the point. ball. Like, and that's the big issue, right? He's got a 75% in-zone contact, and that and what's, is what's atrocious. Like, league average, like 84, 85%. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I'll double check what it is this year because I haven't uh, checked recently. But I mean, it probably hasn't t- changed that much to where seventy five would be any good for Will Myers. No, yeah, he, he's, mean, he's been dreadful. Like I, I totally grant that. What I saw was a guy who's been a plus bat for his whole career, going to the best venue he's ever played in. Um, I know I need some health, but I, I still even feel yeah, feel league he's gonna be league fun. average is eighty five percent. I mean, he's. He's 10% below league average in terms and of zone contact. I will say this too, though. Like, I'd be so much happier if he had like a 205 Babbitt because you can't even go to that. It's 305. I'd, I wish he had like a 2% homer to fly ball because you would think that would regress. It's 14%. His, his XBA is 189. Like, it's, yeah, no, it, it's really the, the swing he, of this right he now. He should be dropped if, if he does not get hot this week going to Coors and then home versus the Yankees. Yeah. He had, he should be dropped in just about every format. 
I, I tend to agree. Uh, I did say that this period that I highlighted last week with all the home games and the trip to Coors, it started with White Sox-Mets at home, trip to Miami, which isn't great because they have good pitching and a difficult park, but then three at Colorado and then another seven at home. And then again, you could even throw in the at Wrigley and at Fenway because those are pretty good venues too. If if we don't see him cook in there or really any of your Reds that are kind of struggling, but Myers I think is is chief among them, especially because I, I recoed him so hard, then you really start to move on. I'm fine with where Steer's at, what I paid for him. He's been a league average guy with five homers and a steal. I'm, I'm chill with that. Tyler Stevenson hasn't been great, but it's that catcher. It doesn't hurt as much. Fraley's been good, five homers, four steals. I consider that. Uh, a, a check mark in, in our favor for, for recommending him. Same with Friedel, three homers, four steals. He's been the best hitter on their team besides maybe India. But Myers, it's it's, it's a bit of a do or die week. I totally agree with you there. Stevenson's um, I, been fine. He's just not in for the power. Yeah, like, which yeah. I did expect power to happen, but I'm not out on that yet at mm-hmm. all. Uh, Matt Theis is the last deeply guy I want to talk about. We don't talk about catchers a lot because in two catcher leagues, there's not much available. But dude is raking, and obviously his playing time opened up quite a bit with Ohapi going down, unfortunately. What do you think about uh, Matt Theis, who's cooking? 291, 385, 382. So not as much on the power cooking, but a lot of good batting average um, and thus some runs and ribby potential for Matt Theis. Is he a good C2 for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the que- the, the question on Theis has always been where he's going to play um, because he's not great defensively. Uh, behind the plate, uh, they had other guys. Uh, he's blocked off at DH because of Otani. Uh, they had Jared Walsh before. Uh, you know, like there were all these guys kind of in the way of Dice getting full time playing time. Uh, but because nobody behind the plate can stay healthy there, uh, they've you know now moved into a situation where he's got to play. Like they just don't have a ton of options. All their pitching injuries have gone behind the plate as opposed to mm-hmm. being on the mound. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he is a really, really interesting uh, C2, uh, in especially in your deeper format, uh, because I think he's going to play every day, and I think he's going to hit fairly decently. Or not every day, but he's going to play a lot and hit, hit, hit decently. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no catcher plays literally every day, but I think uh, Thice is going to play a ton, and he gets the occasional burn over at first, right? Mm-hmm. And now with the Rendon injury, Drury can go over. To I the mean, game. not really. He, he's played one game at first. Plays the occasional game. <laughs> he's, he's got one game at first, one game is DH. Like he's Occasion, he's just that, dead, is, yeah. that is an occasional. occasional game. Occasional, yeah. Over at first. Occasional, was, yeah. Was I right? Well, and well, and it may become more occasional because Rendon's out, Drury goes to third. Said. That's what um, I just said. No, you didn't say that. Yes, I did. Play back the tape. I literally <laughs> just said that after you made. I'm in control of the tape. Oh my God! You're gonna. I'm gonna delete that part out. Yeah. Hell out of me. Anybody live in the chat right now? Please. (laughs) Nope. Nobody watching live. Dang. (laughs) Um. All right. So let's go to some shallow guys and then do closers corner and bounce here. Uh, Nick Prado, getting some hype back. I've talked about it a million times, but he was big time prospect over Vinny P. Vinny P. Took over everyone's hearts last year. Nick Prado saying, "Hey, don't forget about me." With a nice week. Uh, actually, 69 very nice plate appearances thus far with a 170 WRC plus and a couple of homers. Still swinging and missing, or actually still a high strikeout rate, 
but I stress not, not the swinging swing. and that, that's yeah. exactly why I wanted to correct myself because it is a 10% swinging strike rate, which is down five points from what he did at the major league level and also was 9% at the minor leagues. So it looks like Nick Prado's made a concerted effort here. And even though the results weren't there in the minors, he had a 173 BABIP. It looks like he's come up to the majors and gotten all his BABIP progression because he has a 514 right now. Are you interested in Nick Prado? Absolutely. Uh, somebody kind of sat him down. I don't know who in the organization did this, but someone clearly sat him down and went, listen, we know you have a very good understanding of the strike zone because you walk a lot. So mm-hmm. when the ball is coming down in your, you know, in your red zone, you swing. When it's not, you don't swing, right? Like they, they are making him wait for his pitch inside of the zone, which has always been an issue because it's like, he, he recognizes the strike zone so well that he goes, oh, it's in the strike zone, swing. And now he's being a lot more selective in the zone and getting his pitch and just raking. Uh, you know, yes, he's hitting over his head. He's not going to hit 350 or anything like that. But his XBA is 296. Like, this is not like, it's not like, oh, this is completely, you know, fabricated. This is, you know, he, he's going to regress a ton. He's going to regress some, but he's still going to be a pretty good hitter. There's power. They're playing him. I love this. This is another one of these guys like Sinzel. I'm, I'm one of my dynasty teams where I just held him out of spite. And this one's, I think, going to pay off even more than Sinzel. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could certainly see it. Uh, I like Prado. I, I hope, I hope he does well. Um, but I wonder if you might be interested in this AL Central counterpart of his that maybe seems to have stolen a wrist from somebody because Alex Kirloff is playing well of late. Do you believe it? Um, do I believe that he's playing well? Yes, I do believe it. <laughs> well, that is a fact. Do you believe in that quality playing time that uh, that you think it could be? I mean, it is 28 plate appearances, so let's not get hung up. But it is like obscene numbers, more walks and strikeouts, two homers, 258 WRC+, plus, which is absolutely bananas. Can he stay healthy enough? Will, will you take the plunge? Are you taking the, the shallow league risk on Kirloff? Because he is available in some shallows. Yes, especially in some shallow leagues because – if he, if and when he gets hurt again, there's going to be someone else to pick up off the waiver wire. Um, my question is, how long can he stay healthy? Uh, but that's a question for later down the road. Like, just play it out and see what happens. Like, I don't think he's one of those guys that I'm necessarily looking to trade off of right now. I think I'm just going to kind of, because I think he's going to be a pretty good player until, you know, he gets hurt. The que- but for me, the he's question is, yeah, the question for me is, like, it's not about if, it's about when. Like, he's just a guy that has not been able to stay healthy. Um, but, I mean, this is a guy who was a top 10 prospect at one point. Like, it's an elite talent. Uh, again, elite bat-to-ball skills. Like, you know, you know, 88% zone contact. Like, you know, he's only swinging outside his zone, like, 20% of the time. You know, when league average is 35% of the time. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Kirloff. On a per plate appearance basis, I just am petrified that he's yeah. going to take a swing and just break that wrist again. No, I. Uh, the one thing I will say, well, let me check the numbers because I'm going anecdotal right now, but I think at least people weren't going crazy for Kirillov. I feel like the payments, uh, the prices were in check. So that way, okay, 
if something does happen with Kirloff again, at least you're not out, you know, triple digits on your uh, on your budget here. Let me see if I can find him real quick. So he went over a hundred of these are twelve teamers for Kirloff, over a hundred bucks in five of the leagues, but then you know ninety nine and below, and tons of like fifty and belows. I don't mind taking that shot. He went yeah. in sixty eight leagues, by the way, and the vast majority are again are fifty dollars and below. Let's do some would you rather's real quick let's on first baseman uh, that like in a ten team league someone might want to trade out. Would you rather have Alex Kirloff Russell or Ty France? France has no punch right now. I'm going to go France. Yeah, I'm going to take care off. Let's do next, like, four to six weeks. Because the rest of the season is just it's too much of a pipe dream to know. think we're going to know that long. But in in that four to six week period. I'm just saying, would you would you pick him up right now yeah. for Ty France? Would you drop? i drop Ty France for him. I'd keep Ty France and bet that his 5% home to fly ball is going to regress. What about Josh Bell, who just Ooh. is lost? Like, I... He, he I just got I, out three more times this afternoon, and they're not even playing. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing in the profile that tells me Josh Bell's turning this around. I mean, if there's one thing you can be somewhat positive on, it's that he still has the same strikeout-to-walk ratio that he did last year, which was better than um, 19 to 21 combined. That's about the best thing I can give you on Josh Bell and a little bit of the Babbitt being fine. And here's the he thing, too. He has a 60% ground ball rate. That's the problem with the power not coming back. But I will yeah. say he he still has been a ninety six WRC plus for Josh Bell. Um, I'm probably sticking with Bell. I'm not. I'm going. You're going Kirloff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rowdy Teles. Teles. You going Kirloff again? I think I am. And I, if you've listened to me for years, you've heard me talk about just so much crap about him. Yeah. I had him ranked extremely low in my oh, ranks. You were um, totally out. Wait, wait, let me ask you. Let me drill a little further on the Telez thing. Telez is panning out completely. 125 WRC plus, 10 homers so far. You sure you're cutting him for Kirilov's wrists? Mm, all right, Wrist, no, you're right, you're right. Wristy McGee, as we like to call him. No, I think yeah, no, you're right. I, I think I'm, the other I'm, two. I think you can make a case on that one. Telez is tougher. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Telez, I think I'm holding still. Okay. Um, I didn't realize he had he had ten home runs already. Uh, let me let me see if there's just anybody else that uh, we should be uh, making a cut for. Oh, here you go, Jose Abreu. He has a 43 WRC plus. I mean, I usually don't cut guys this early. You know, I kind of, and I know like some cost fallacy and all that sort of stuff, but I, I still think it's not that you drafted him and that because you draft him in a high round, they are bestowed these numbers. It's because of your expectations for a certain level of numbers, but he has no homers. There was power issue last year with Abreu. I thought the short porch with the Crawford boxes at home would certainly help him out. Dude, I think I'm... We're talking shallow leagues here, right? Tens and twelves. Mm -hmm. I think I might go Kirloff. I, um... I, I mean, I, it's Kirloff, and it's, it's not particularly close for me. Um, but, uh... Somebody in one of my leagues, uh, where I need pitching badly, because, like, I... My pitching has been bad to mediocre... 
and then I lost Drew Rasmussen on this team. Uh, somebody in the league offered me uh, Logan Gilbert straight up for Jose Abreu, and I thought I was going to break a finger clicking the accept button. Wait, who was it again? I'm sorry. It was Remember? Logan Gilbert for oh, Ho- yeah. Jose Abreu, and I, I slammed that. I got, I like, like I just seriously thought I was going to hurt myself <laughs> with how quickly I accepted. Yeah, that. I, I, w- I would slam that. Uh, um, I, I, I'm kind of surprised. It was it, it was way out of left field too because I was working on a I was trying to work on a deal with uh, Ruvain Guy to mm-hmm. trade Jose Abreu for pitching and I would have accepted much less I mean I would have accepted just about anything to get Jose Abreu off my team and get some pitching at it I'm I'm really surprised by that but hey, this is why you should always talk to someone before you send a trade offer just absolutely. like. Just- like, See just check in. Be like, hey, what are you thinking? Because, like, I, I don't even know who else is on this guy's team, but he probably could have given me, like, a bum reliever, and I would take that. Mm-hmm. And this is why our buddy uh, Ian Kahn is, is so good with this. He loves getting on the horn and having a real chat with folks, and that's how he gets great trades. Yeah, has a conversation with somebody. So, yeah, um, yeah man, I'll bring you. I just I'm at a loss with him, and I really don't blame people because in tens and twelves, right? You got to play the hot hands, so you got to be a lot quicker on making moves, even on somebody like a Brady that you drafted relatively high, because mm-hmm. the talent levels aren't that different. You can find ten Abreu like players on the wire, and so it's not about having that talent; it's about who's playing up to that level or higher mm-hmm. in the moment. So you have to keep burning and churning, which is why I'm not very good at tens and twelves. Because I don't like to do that. It's harder yeah. to play small samples. Me too. So um, I find it difficult. A few more guys here on the shallow end. Spencer Steer getting picked up probably for the big Coors week. Uh, I mentioned him earlier when we were talking about the Reds. I feel like he's been fine. He's been about a league average bat with five homers. Do you feel like you're getting what you thought out of Steer if you have him anywhere? Yeah, and he, he started off slow. He's starting to pick it up a little bit. So I, I think Steer is, is fine. I think the only question becomes like, if they do decide a youth movement is coming, does Steer lose out on playing does he time? Take the hit. Yeah. 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 So and in that uh, case, but, trade him or something. Yeah, but I also think that like they've got other guys, you know, like Will Myers could get DFA'd. Like that like I mean, if like if, if he, he continues to struggle, don't yeah. Especially because they have a mutual option for next year, so they can just be like, No, we're not touching that. We're getting we were never you. gonna take it anyway. Yeah. By so, the way, they got Incarnacion Strand and Steer for Molly and Steve Hajar, who's not who's not a nothing prospect there. I know it's a double negative, but they did really well on that deal. And unfortunately, the Twins mm-hmm. were doing well on it. It was a nice little win-win, but now Molly, of course, being hurt. Sucks. Yeah. Let's talk a few pitchers. Dane Dunning, um, I think he was picked up more in the deep leagues last week. So this week he's picked up on a two-step. This is one of those guys that, like, despite what the numbers say, which they're not particularly spicy, I still like Dane Dunning. I can't. I love Dane Dunning. Yeah, the numbers we talked about are him good. on the two-step, so I don't want to go too deep here because we did talk about him on the two-step pod. But were you picking him up anywhere this weekend? I did. I streamed him in uh, a couple leagues. Um, I'm a little afraid of that Atlanta matchup. Yeah, that's the first one. Tomorrow. But Atlanta actually hasn't been that good against right-handed pitching. Okay. So like, I'm going with a lot him. of damage. Uh, like, I'm, I'm starting him. I'm kind of closing my eyes and open. Yeah. 
you know. I think and, you hold your nose and go for Dunning. Oh, it's not a two-step anymore, though. What? That's right. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're starting this Cody Bradford guy today on a spot start, which pushes Dunning to Tuesday, and then it's going to be Eovaldi, day off, Perez, Gray, Heaney. And then two-step next week so at, he, hit at Baltimore. It's actually better. But he only gets okay. better this week. Well, so, I might actually take him out of my lineup then. I don't blame you because you're only getting Atlanta this week for Dunning, but then next week you get at Pitt at Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you said that because yeah, I think I I think I will probably take. I got to double check to see where exactly I have him. Um, it's an OC, uh, so I think I probably will take him out of my lineup real quick uh, and put someone else in. So, but next week, hey. There you go. If you picked him up this the, week for the two-step, get well, a, you get a better two-step next week. Yeah, I think um, it, where D- Dunning is still available, you park him right now. You skip the Atlanta start, but you park him for at Baltimore, at Pittsburgh. That's a nice little two-step. And again, I just I like him. I think he's a good pitcher. Yeah. He got a little bit of that dog in him too. I got a I got a conundrum actually. So let's hear it. Do I want to do Dane Dunning versus Dane Cook? Oh. Well, is he is he just been is they just skipping him or who? Because right now and no, they're moving him yeah. to Tuesday. They're uh, NFBC to has him it's, still with the Colorado start, but not with the. No, no, they're just they're they're just moving him to tomorrow. And I'm looking at RotoWire, and they put a guy in bold when it's set, and they have Bradford in bold for today and Dunning in bold for tomorrow. So hmm. word word on the street is that it's it's just being pushed to tomorrow. For Dane Dunning, let me check Twitter. That's um, we can usually get some decent news. Yeah, Evan Grant, okay, uh, from the Dallas Morning News says it's just all right. So it moved back a day for me. It's either Dunning versus Atlanta, or mm-hmm. Clark Schmidt in Cincinnati, or Hayden Wesneski in Philadelphia. Oh, that guy. I think I'm sticking with Dunning. I guess I think you might, man. I know that seems crazy. I wanted Wesneski to be good so badly, and it's. I did too because I've spent dude. I spent a lot of money on him, but uh, and you got a seven bomb off rip, four homers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Maybe Wesneski, Schmidt, Clark Schmidt in Cincinnati. I don't know about that man. He's a home run guy too. Yeah, I think I'm sticking with it. All right. Yeah, stick with Dunning. All right. Uh, what about Ranger Suarez? Picked up, took Matt Strom's mm-hmm. spot. Pardon me. I uh, had a hiccup there. Are you back in on Suarez now that he's back? I say back in, meaning picking him up. I don't know if you were in or out yeah. him before he got hurt. But what do you think of Ranger Suarez? Yeah, he was one of the other guys that picked up in my main event. Um, surprisingly, I got him for like 37 bucks. I was pretty pretty stoked with that, considering the state of starting pitching uh, on the wire in 15-team uh, in leagues. Agreed. But, yeah, he, he wasn't too bad in Colorado. Four innings, three runs in his first start back from the IL. I call that pretty decent, personally. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. I think I wonder if maybe uh, maybe because it wasn't like a premier start against a bad team, but it was in Colorado. Yeah. Um, and you know he was he was he was very good in his uh, in his rehab uh, work. You know, nine total innings, five strikeouts. He's not gonna get you a ton of strikeouts, right? But. Mm-hmm. You know, good ratios on a good team that should win games for him. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Ranger Suarez a lot. Yep, Suarez co-signed there. If he was available, go ahead and get him. And then the last one, uh, Brian Bayo, who I don't think we've talked about in a while, has pretty much been 
good since that uh, disastrous Patriots Day game. And I know there was really bad weather there. Um, that maybe you give them a little bit of a pass for it. It was it was a brutal start, no matter how you slice it. But in the four since then, three forty eight ERA with nineteen strikeouts and twenty and two thirds. Are you in on Bayo and picking him up in shallow formats where available? Well, with Paxton back, they're running a six man rotation. Yeah. Um. What happens when Garrett Wicklock comes back? Are we? Still Does Bayo go back? Back Should to the we minors? still be rocking Kluber out there, though? I mean, I think they're gonna just because like, he's Kluber. He's Kluber. I, I think they got to make a decision. I think they got to make a decision on whether Tanner Houck goes back to the bullpen or Bale goes back to the minors. I think if you send Houck back to the bullpen this time, it has to be for good. You can't keep jerking him back and forth here. And he's been fine. He has one particularly bad blowup outing with six earned. And then no more than three in any of his other six starts. What about Pavetta? Why, why not him? He's gotten paid 5.3 mil this year. Yeah, I mean, I guess they that could. could. Be a reliever. Yeah. I don't see any reason that he has to get 33 starts again this year. I, so, I don't either, but like, it's the Red Sox. I just don't know what to make of what the, yeah. you know, they, they've jerked around guys and, um, you know, they have, they have these guys that are really interesting talents in Whitlock and, in Hauk that they've decided to block off with the yep. Corey Kluber's of the world. So, I mean, this could obviously all get worked itself out, like, because oh, everybody in this yeah. rotation has injury concerns. So um, maybe it's a non-issue by the time we get to the point where Whitlock uh, is actually ready to come back, but he's mm. on rehab right now. Yeah. Uh, and so I do worry that when he's back, Bale goes back down. Uh, I can totally see that. You you start in Bayo for Seattle this week at home, where you have him. If you have, I, I'm not saying you actually have him, but I, I have don't him, have him anywhere. Me neither. I don't think I am. Seattle's pretty good against righties. So then, if you're not doing that, then you're not starting him at the Angels next week either because no, they're way no. better against righties. So I think Bayo, if you pick him up to stash him or whatever, because you're trying to spike something because he's been good the last four, that's fine. Keep expectations low and the bid's even lower. I can't pay too much yeah. for him right now. All right, let's talk a few closers in, in our little closer corner here to finish off. Dylan Foro. AJ Puck went to the IL, so Dylan Foro could be the guy in Miami. It could be Brian Tanner Harvey. Scott. It could be Tanner Matt Harvey. Barnes. It could be um, – I'm trying to think of old closers that they had. And Brian Harvey was the only one I could think of. But, yeah, Tanner Harvey – or Tanner Scott, excuse me. Um, Oscar Brazabon. Has actually been pitching pretty well for them. I don't know who that guy is. If I'm being 100% honest, he's a 30 congressman, journeyman, not a congressman. He did cut his walk rate in half this year, so he's looked pretty nice. Throws 96. Um, are you getting into this Miami bullpen and Floro specifically because he was the most picked up guy in shallow and deep leagues? What do you think? Uh, I took some gambles on Tara Scott, um, but uh, and I think I took like one gamble on Matt Barnes somewhere only because Floro wasn't available in any league where I was at. I think Floro is the logical next man up. Uh, he's got experience. He was their most recent closer. Um, I but I mean I think this could this could be a shared situation. Uh, it could bounce around. Uh, I'm just bummed that AJ Puck got hurt. Like I knew like it was obviously well within the range of possibilities and I enjoyed it while it lasted. He was my third closer on my main event team 
or actually my second closer, but now becomes my third closer on my bench. Uh, it's just a bummer to see a talented guy like that not be able to stay healthy. So, um, you know, we'll see if it's Tommy John or not, but it, it sure feels that way. I, I hope not, man. That's such a freaking bummer with uh with AJ Pog health has been such a big problem for him and here we are again. Uh but yeah, Don Foro, Tanner Scott, other guys. What about Miguel Castro in Arizona? Uh looks like he he might be ascending to this role. It's been wide open pretty much all year. People were going with Mr. Magoo, Andrew uh, Scott Magoo. You called him Mr. Magoo one night and made me laugh. I love it. So hard at yeah. That. Andrew Chafin, um, you know, there, no one's really ascended to this role. And now here's Miguel Castro, who's always been a really live arm, um, but never really had crazy good results. He's doing well right now. Looks like he might have the job. He has two saves. Was Miguel Castro on your radar? Uh, he was off my radar, and I wish he wasn't because I actually dropped him in a league where I probably should have kept him. Um, which is a huge bummer. I mean, I've got plenty of saves in that league, so it's not like a huge like issue for me, but I could have traded him if he did become the closer or traded one of my other closers. Um, cause it is a trading leading tout worse. Uh, so yeah, a huge bummer and just a, a complete misstep mother, you know, fab was on mother's day and I just wasn't really paying close enough attention to those trying to pay attention to my wife and stuff. So, um, teaches me a lesson. Don't pay attention to my wife, pay attention to fantasy baseball. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I won't make, make that stick mistake again I, I love what he's doing he's sacrificing some of the sh swing and miss strikeout stuff to make sure he's not walking the yard so he's trying to harness his stuff uh and it's working really really well for him um but yeah i, I mean i think he definitely has the talent to take over this role full time and hold it rest of the way i think the only question becomes if the diamondbacks uh are competitive towards the trade deadline do they make a deal to bring in like a capital C closer, but that's a, that's an issue for later. You're picking a guy off of, off the wave wire. If you get 10 saves from him between now and the end of July or, or 15 it. saves, yeah, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally agree with that. Miguel Castro looking like the guy, at least right now in Arizona, uh, Philly opened up cause Jose Alvarado went on the IL. He was pitching the best out of that bullpen. Uh, Soto and Kimbrell were the guys getting picked up. Any love for the Philly bullpen right now? I know Sir Anthony Dominguez probably had some availability there too. I'll go ahead and throw him in the mix. Or do you think Strom losing his job to Suarez as a starter could be the guy to sneak there? He does have a save. He got a save recently. I mean, I think they would probably want to keep Strom stretched out somewhat in case there's an injury and they need to go back into the rotation. So tend to agree mm, there, but he, he does have a two and one inning relief appearance since being moved. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could, maybe they just figure, you know, if they need him to go back to being sorted, he did a good job just, you know, randomly stretching out in a short period of time. Anyways, um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> Luis Garcia, man, he is just hitting the ball. I love it. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. This is a nightmare situation. They've yes, got like a million and, and different. They've arms. made it that way on purpose. Like they yeah. know that hey, we've got options. We do not care to name anybody, and they're yeah. To that. Somebody asked me who led, the, who's going to lead the team and say his rest of the way uh, in my chat earlier today, and I said Kimbrel. I don't feel good about it. Like I like, so like that's he could lean in though. That is like, I, but I think he could lead the team in saves with like a freaking five ERA, like. Like I mean, True. like that's six right now, so. and and it, and he would only six lead 60. the team. 
he'd only lead lead like the next guy by like one save. Like I think exactly everybody is getting a piece of this. Like I just don't. It's not a situation I want to be very invested in. Like nope. I don't mind investing in the situation, but I don't want this to be the reason why I don't like get enough saves. Like if I if I yeah. need a guy who's gonna get me twenty saves the rest of the way. I'm gonna go after Miguel Castro. If I need a if I need a guy who like I know is gonna get me at least like ten, then probably going after Kimbrell, I guess. I think that's fair. Um Soto not nothing for you. Sir Anthony. I can't I mean I think Sir Anthony's the best of the pitchers. I just don't know that they care that much about putting him in the ninth. Correct. I don't know if I think I think he's gonna guy. I think I think they're gonna play matchups every time, and so fully agree. You know, it's a crapshoot. Like it just. Wandy Peralta, the lefty in New York for the Yankees, got two random saves this weekend. So you know that put him on the radar. Were you dipping into that at all with think with the uh, kind of tumult in that bullpen? We talked about it last week with regards to Michael King. Wandy Peralta, do anything for you, or were these just a couple of lefty saves? No, I think it's just a couple of lefties. It's, I, I think this is another situation that's going to change hands until they trade for somebody. Like I just, like I think that you know, if you you know, Ian Hamilton's going to get a couple saves and bring back Chapman. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. They probably should. No, I know they won't. Not, but they'll get somebody else. They they'd be more inclined to get Barlow than Chapman, yeah. I bet. Um. And right when I say what I said about Luis Garcia, he gets fucking picked off like a I moron. Like just we've unreal. seen two pickoffs. That's crazy, by the way. Damn uh, it, both of them. Yeah, eating. absolutely nuts. By the way, I will say the first save I'm looking at right now was Brandon Lau to start, but then Harold Ramirez and Isak Paredes, and then um, Manuel Margot pinch hit for Josh Lowe, and then the second save, which was these were Friday Saturday saves. Then that one for Wandy Peralta was against, pardon me, uh, Wander Franco, so that's a switchy, Christian Bethencourt, Randy Rosarena, and then Brandon Lau at the end there. So those were not just lefty-based moves. They were just like, he's the best guy for this right now and of, of those who are available. So which is interesting. there. Which is interesting, too, because none of the guys kind of in this committee had pitched the two previous days. Yeah, so you could have... You, you now could, Clay Holmes had, had come in and he got the win. Okay. Um. And so then I think King got blasted and, earlier. F- yeah. In, in the first save for uh, Peralta. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I, 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 I earlier spots. I, yeah, I think it's. I think this is just a mix and match kind of situation. Personally. Are you? I, I got to admit, I've talked about this. And, I'm a little bit. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, Peralta is the only lefty in the pen, too. Yeah. So that always works against. That's the that's where the lefty bias generally comes from, right? The mm-hmm. whole lefties can't close. It's not that they can't close. It's that you need a lefty for the key left left handed hitter on a team in this from the sixth inning on, basically, if a big spot comes up. So with him being the only one, that's a little dangerous. That's a little dangerous that they could use him as the closer. One other guy that we looked at here, um, I've told you before this during this season that I'm not always super engaged on everything that's going on with every closer right now because I haven't needed saves yet. Now, again, fantasy gods don't strike me down for saying that and kill my closers, but I didn't know why Nick Anderson was being picked back up. I'm like, Rice Sells back. What's going on? You quickly alerted me that he's given, he's been getting blasted. 
two two runs on three hits and two thirds of an inning twice in a row for him. So people are going back to the Nick Anderson well because he's looked wonderful and health has really been the only issue he's ever had. Talent is unquestioned. Is Nick Anderson somebody that you're looking back at thinking maybe I should scoop him in case Rysel is still murked? Yeah, I mean, this is the big concern. It was one of the reasons, like, I was big on Rafael Iglesias during, like, the early draft season. But then as soon as he got hurt, he came off of my boards. Um, and I know a lot of people went and picked him up uh, for cheap, you know, at the end of drafts and, uh, you know, in cheap for auctions because they were like, oh, well, I'm getting a discount. He's only going to be out a few weeks. That's if he's healthy. Like, and I just don't think he's healthy. Um uh, I don't know if Nick Anderson's going to be the guy, though, for sure. I mean, Minter was the guy prior to the injury. I know he had some struggles, but he seemingly has turned it around. So I think they'd go back to Minter. I think Minter's the guy I'd try to grab right now. Yeah, I know he's done some. He's had some struggles recently. But he doesn't have the lefty issue. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. And obviously, what are you doing if you have a Glacius? Are you going to get these guys... Are you just riding with your guy? Like, do you like to do handcuffs if your guy's struggling? How, how do you approach that when you have what is supposed to be an ace closer who is faltering a little bit, especially due to injury issues? I think you have to, like, be grabbing Nick Anderson or Minter or both and trying to just hope that, you know, if Iglesias turns around, you can go back and drop those guys. But uh, if you invested in Rossi Iglesias, you were expecting 30 saves. Um, and you can't afford to not have, you know, those brave saves. So I think you've got a handcuff right now if you have Iglesias, you know, whether that's trading for a guy, uh, trading for a guy like Nick Anderson or picking up a guy like Nick Anderson. You're not going to be able to replace those 30 saves really easily off the wire. So, um, you know, worst case scenario is you give up a little bit and then you, you cut it later. But, you know, Best case scenario, or I guess worst best case scenario, is if Iglesias goes down again, like it looks like he might need to, um, then, then at least you've got the backup. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that's that's the case. And yeah, once the season gets started, I don't necessarily draft handcuff draft handcuffs. Once the season gets started, if my guy is looking like there's going to be some trouble. I'm jumping on on the potential next. I week. draft other people's handcuffs. I have I have no problem yeah. doing that. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't get tend into, to draft get my into own. a different get into a different bullpen, right? You you pay these uh, prices on the thinking there. You pay these prices on guys like Iglesias because you think that you don't need to worry about drafting the handcuff, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, but sometimes injuries happen, and then there's performance issues when they come back from that uh, last guy Kendall Graveman probably a short-term situation because of course everyone's uh, eagerly awaiting the return of um of Liam Hendricks we know that Raylo oh we think we both I don't even know if you had him you're not a huge Raylo guy but I caught him I moved on Graveman is the guy that people are looking at until Hendricks gets back are you even taking the temporary uh chance on Graveman thinking maybe because if once if Hendricks isn't good to go, he would still be available. No, I think Hendricks gonna be back very, very soon. I expect Hendricks to be back in the next two weeks. So I wasn't even worrying about like picking up Graveman to try to sneak maybe a few saves in. I just I'm just waiting on Hendricks. Yeah, I think so too. Um I mean Graveman wasn't expensive, so I think that that's that's good, but Anyway, uh, that's it for the Closers Corner. Floro, 
Okay. Oh, how about this? Your favorite in shallow leagues where most of these guys are available. Floro, Castro, the Philly guys, Wander, Anderson, throw Minter in there because you liked him, and Graveman. Who would you who would you go for the most? I think it's Castro. Like I I mean, I and so this too. really burns me because like I said, I dropped him in a league. Um, but I think he's got the clearest path to a long term role. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think so, too, because he could take – if he – the thing is, too, with relievers, they're often like a tweak from being a god, right? If they find mm-hmm. the right tweak to really let him get into the stuff that Mikel Castro has flashed at times, he could be the unquestioned dude. But we'll see. Uh, anyway, that's uh, the week eight, week 8 key pickups. Good luck this week. Hopefully you continue to do well, and I continue my slow journey back up the hill. <laughs> Somehow Patrick Corbin hasn't like destroyed me. So hey, let's he, go. Yeah, now he has a five-one lead. If he can just get through, oh no, he's he's through five. He's so through five. Like, is he at seventy-four pitches? So they'll probably bring him out next inning. But hopefully, he just gets it. Done. I'm gonna knock on some wood real quick and and hope yeah, that and I didn't just jinx the hell out of him. Yeah, <laughs> you might have, though. You opened your pig mouth. Anyway, have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. <laughs>